This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Listen to My Life of Crime ad-free with 48 Hours Plus on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe today. When we first got the email saying that Bart and Krista were missing, it didn't compute. Like, what do you mean they're missing? Like, they went up to the cabin and they didn't come back. And I'm like, Huh? Did you think possibly they'd been in a car accident and just hadn't been found? I thought about that, or I did think about the boat. Did something happen out on the lake? Nearly every family has secrets. The uncle who went to jail, the husband having an affair, the daughter who gave up a child for adoption. In the past, secrets could be taken to the grave. But today we live in a much more connected, transparent world with surveillance cameras and social media apps like Facebook, TikTok, and Snapchat. Uncovering secrets can break hearts and break up families. But how far will some people go to keep their secrets secret? Few would do what a Wisconsin man did. He chose murder. No way I would have ever, ever guessed what was about to be revealed. Never. Nobody saw this coming. I'm Erin Moriarty, 48 Hours, and this is my life of crime. In early 2022, I began working on a case that stays with me today. The events took place in Madison, Wisconsin, over a single week in the summer of 2021. It started off as a missing persons case, but it soon became clear to authorities that they were dealing with what only can be described as a Shakespearean tragedy. A simple lie that grew into a tangled deception that ultimately destroyed a close-knit family. This is part one of the Snapchat tip-off. Happy Easter. Yes, the boys and their women. This is Barbie Townsend, 
reading a text she received from her cousin, Krista Halderson, in the spring of 2021. Mitchell is still at Epic Systems and will turn 25 this year. Yikes! Chandler is currently interning with American Family Insurance as an IT administrator, but his other degree, sustainability management, has given him an edge. Barbie lives in California, a long way from Krista in Wisconsin, but they kept up on each other's lives through calls and texts. You see in her text how proud she was of her boys. Madison, Wisconsin is a beautiful college town, home to one of the largest state universities in the country. Education matters here, as does raising children you could be proud of. And according to Barbie Townsend, Krista Halderson lived for her two sons, 24-year-old Mitchell, who worked in technology, and 23-year-old Chandler, a college student living at home. Mitchell was a little more outgoing, very easygoing. Uh, Chandler was a little more sensitive, a little quieter. Her whole goal for her being a mom was, and I'm quoting her, she said, I want my children to be the best men they can be. Not much goes on in Madison. There's not a lot of serious crime. But that July, just months after Krista sent that text to family and friends, she and her husband Bart disappeared which is why their friends became alarmed so quickly. How unusual was it for, number one, for Krista not to show up for work, not to call, and just not show up? How unusual? Extremely unusual. That's Dan Kroeniger, Krista's co-worker. Krista worked as a customer service representative for an auto body shop. Dan and Krista were close friends, and Dan became so worried about Krista's whereabouts that later that afternoon, he drove over to the Haldersons home on Oak Spring Circle Drive. He knocked on the door, no response. He walked over to the garage window and noticed something strange. Both of the cars were there. And then he saw Bart and Krista's youngest son. And Chandler came out the side door and he came out in a towel saying, oh, I just got out of the shower. You know, hey, what's going on? I was like, oh, we're just looking for Bart and Krista. And he said, oh, yeah, they went, had to go up north this morning for uh, an emergency up at the cabin. Chandler didn't say what that emergency was, but Dan did know about the family cabin. And since Chandler didn't seem particularly worried, Dan says he felt better. Over that July 4th holiday weekend, he kept in touch with Chandler to see if he had heard from his mom and dad. But he said, yeah, they don't have very good service up there, so you kind of have to wait till the clouds clear before they get a message. On Sunday, July 4th, Dan was surprised when, out of the blue, he got a call from Chandler. Chandler told him that he was bored and needed something to do. So Dan invited him over to watch fireworks, thinking he'd get an update on Krista and Bart. But when Dan asked Chandler if he had spoken to his parents, Chandler had no news. What did he say? Do you remember? I don't think he was specific. I mean, I was asking about his mom because I knew she had a doctor's appointment coming up that she was really wanted to be at. I think it had been rescheduled before. The next day, Monday, Krista didn't show up for work. And she didn't show up again on Tuesday. By Wednesday, July 7th, Dan was sure something was wrong. That doctor's appointment Krista didn't want to miss was set for that day. And now she's missed her appointment. 
So now it's all out concern. Right. You know something's happened to her Right, now. right. Dan pushed Chandler to go to the police station and report his parents missing, which he did on the morning of July 7th. And in a city like Madison, when a couple seemingly disappears for no obvious reason, it's big news. The Dean County Sheriff's Office shared this photo of Bart and Krista Helderson. Spending today interviewing neighbors. There are too many unanswered questions. And warrants an investigation. When's the last time that they've, you know, they've been seen? Where were they last seen? You know, who did they travel with? That's Detective Sabrina Sims. She and Detective Brian Schunk with the Dane County Sheriff's Office were assigned to the case. How unusual is it for a couple to go missing? I would say pretty unusual. And usually when a couple goes missing, isn't the first thought probably a car accident or some kind of accident? Exactly. Yep. You, know, you don't automatically think homicide. No. Detective Shunk and Sims began to search for Bart and Krista on the evening of July 7th. Their first stop, the Haldersons' home. Their youngest son, Chandler, was there. Chandler didn't seem particularly worried as he walked the detectives through the house, and neither cop saw anything out of the ordinary. We're walking around the house with him. He's pointing out things at the house, things that were missing that his parents took when they traveled to the cabin. Detective Shunk says his first impression of Chandler Halderson was that he was soft-spoken, that he didn't make a lot of eye contact, and that he seemed knowledgeable about what his parents would bring up to the cabin. I asked Detective Sims what her first impressions were of Chandler. Did he seem concerned about his parents, genuinely worried about, you know, the fact that they didn't first call work and show up at work? Not, um, not really. Um, I think he was, he was talking about them maybe, you know, just they went out of town. Maybe they went, um, you know, gambling. They went to a casino. Um, he just, he really didn't have an answer of, you know, why they would leave um, and not and not be in touch with them. Chandler told detectives that he had seen another couple, two people he didn't know, pick up his parents to take them to the family's cabin. So the next place to look, the family cabin. It's now July 8th. The couple had been missing for six days. The Halderson's older son, Mitchell, and his fiance drove three hours up north to look for them. When the couple arrived, they were met by local police. Hi there. Hi there. Are you guys... Um, the Halderson? You, okay, you are affiliated with them? Yes. Okay. There were no cars at the cabin, no one outside. When police walked in, the cabin was dark. It was clear that no one had been inside that cabin for a very long time. Back in Madison, Detective Sims was back at square one. So that just helped confirm that they, at least they never got to the cabin. That story didn't fit, at least on that. Right. Yep. Also in Madison, the Halderson's youngest son, Chandler, on a search of his own, he went through his neighborhood asking neighbors if they had seen or heard from his parents. Okay, 
kind of difficult to track him down. That's Chandler, captured on a neighbor's home security camera. But his search yielded no tips about his parents' whereabouts. So where were Bart and Krista? A couple doesn't disappear for no reason. They didn't seem to have money problems. And both Krista and Bart got along well with both sons. Mitchell, the older, had graduated from college, had a good job in tech, and was planning on getting married. Chandler, still living at home, had a girlfriend, Catherine Mellander, who went by the nickname Cat. She told investigators that she and Chandler had been talking about moving to Florida together. Chandler had gotten a job with Elon Musk's company, SpaceX. So on the surface, nothing the detectives saw or heard could explain the sudden disappearance of the boys' parents. But then, Detective Sims says they got a tip. We received information from someone that, yes, Chandler had been out to my property over Fourth of July weekend. On the face of it, the tip didn't seem like much. A local property owner, a friend of Chandler's girlfriend, Kat, said that she had seen both Kat and Chandler at her farm on Sunday, July 4th. But she was surprised then to see Chandler back at the property on July 5th, the very next day. But this time, he was alone. So why was he there? And why hadn't he mentioned his visit to the farm to anyone? So, of course, right from that interview, um, well, we want to go search that property. Deputies began searching the farm the same day they received the tip, also July 8th. Detective Sims told me she'll never forget the moment she learned what deputies told her they had found near that field. You know, Brian and I were in the command post together, and I said, "Um, what did you say? You know, I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. The remains of an adult male had been found on the farm. The grass had been matted down and they followed it to a trail which led to um, the discovery of a male torso that was um, concealed with sticks and twigs. That was really the moment, right? It was huge. I think of other death investigations or homicide cases we've worked and I don't remember a time that I've worked a dismemberment case. And the remains were found only 20 miles away from the Haldersons' home. And what other evidence was found out there? We found um, some cutting instruments some um, that were hidden in a, an old oil drum, um, some scissors, um, pruning shears, uh, a broken bow saw. And it was all found in the same wooded area of the farm where the Haldersons' son Chandler had been seen earlier in the week. An autopsy was scheduled to determine the identity of the victim, but Detective Sims already had a pretty good idea who he was. You know, knowing in my gut that that um, was most likely Bart Halderson, and his son was seen in that area. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. 
Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Chandler Halderson, who had reported his parents missing, who had taken police through the family home, was now a person of interest and the prime suspect. And at that moment, um, we needed to... um, get our eyes on Chandler and make sure that he didn't go anywhere. Um, And um, we wanted to talk to him again to ask him some more questions. All eyes were now on Chandler. I asked Detective Shunk if he knew where Chandler was that day when human remains were found. We know that he had gone door to door in his neighborhood, but he also did something else. He he called me several times the morning uh, of July 8th, so just before uh, you know, the farm discovery, and you could tell that he was getting more and more nervous and inquisitive on police actions at that point. Detective Shunk deliberately didn't tell Chandler what they had found in the field, but asked him to come to the station for an interview that same day. Later, I sat down with Detectives Shunk and Sims to watch the interview. We start with investigators asking Chandler to talk about the day before he says his parents went missing. I was with my dad. We, what time Wednesday? I remember it. It was kind of a bad day. Okay. Why was it a bad day? Um, well, my mom had work, so she was gone. Um, my dad and I were watching something over lunch. Downstairs or upstairs? Downstairs, in okay. that room with the TV. I tossed the ball and I smashed the glass. Okay. Uh, that, yeah, set my dad off and we tried to clean it up. Okay. I don't know about him, but I got injured. Um, but he was mad. He didn't really talk to me too much that day. Chandler describes the injury to his foot from the broken glass as, quote, a pretty big hole. According to Chandler, his parents have been arguing. What were they arguing about? Probably what set my dad off that day, the glass. Um, us not having food ready. Stuff like that. We, I mean, we just microwave whatever was in the fridge, I suppose. Chandler goes on to describe the next day, his father cooking lunch on a grill that makes everything smoky, and then tells investigators that his parents told him they were planning on going up north. When Chandler woke up the next morning, Friday, July 2nd, he says that his parents had already left for the cabin. Nothing so unusual about that story so far, but what stood out to Detective Shunk was how Chandler described what he did the rest of that day. He spoke a lot of cleaning, I had to clean, I had to clean, I had to clean. Um, So he really put an emphasis on how much time and effort he puts into cleaning. Chandler tells detectives about his weekend, how he texted Dan, he watched fireworks and went swimming, even about his stops by the farm, but he keeps coming back to cleaning the blood from his cut toe. And then I, um, then I started trying to get the, the glass 
because I've <laughs> been a little lazy on the glass. I just kind of had chairs in front of it. I, I broom and, you know, a little sweeper holder, you know, you broom it into that. He tells investigators that he borrowed a Swiffer mop and hydrogen peroxide from his girlfriend, Kat. I borrowed a Swiffer to mop. I swiffered the, the floor floor, like not the stone, but the floor. And then I got a little bit in the kitchen. And then everywhere kind of I walked, pretty much. The, the bathroom, the kitchen, and then I, I couldn't get the carpet, so I still stained that up real crappy. Where was um, there a carpet at? The Never. stairs between basement and kitchen. Carpet. Oh, that's right. Carpet stairs. Um, I tried. I can't get it out. I don't know how to do that, but um, then all the way up to my the laundry room where I found my first aid kit. And I just tried to stop all the bleeding, but I, you know, it, it wouldn't stop. Mm -hmm. So and that blood was all coming from your left foot. Yeah, left foot hole. Detective Shunk later told me that he was beginning to suspect the whole story was designed to explain why there might be blood in the Halderson home. Finally, the detectives stop Chandler and tell him they know he wasn't telling the whole truth. Listen, listen, you need to tell the truth about what happened and just tell us why it happened. Okay, if something happened, if you were defending yourself or if you just got fed up with stuff, you need to tell us the truth, okay? This is your chance to tell us why, okay? I'm not BSing you, okay? So can we do that? Okay, they're okay. Um, uh, lawyer. I'm sorry. Say it again, Chandler. Lawyer. Chandler mumbled the word lawyer, but it came across loud and clear to the cops. The interview had to stop right then. They arrested Chandler and charged him with lying to police. Investigators don't know exactly what happened in the Halderson home, but they know Chandler is not telling the truth. At that moment, he is arrested, but not for murder. Why not? So we're at that point still building a case, trying to meet all the elements of the crimes. We needed to have, you know, the, the torso identified still at that point. Um, you know, we need to tie him and the scenes all together prior to charging him with something as big as, you know, first degree intentional homicide. How did he react to being charged with lying? I would say that he, it's tough to say normal, but you know, he reacted, in a, I would say, in an appropriate way. I mean, he wasn't, he didn't seem angry with us. Did he get emotional? I think it was more, I wouldn't even say emotional. The arrest of Chandler Halderson came as a shock to his mother's cousin, Barbie Townsend, who was following the investigation closely from the other side of the country. What did you think? They arrested him for, you know, giving false information about a missing person. That was the first day that I started to suspect foul play from their own son. 
The investigation went into overdrive. The remains on the farm hadn't been identified yet, but the detectives were pretty sure it was Bart Halderson. And since all they found was a torso, the old bow saw found at the scene was likely connected. But where was Krista Halderson? Was she still alive? Was she an accomplice or a victim? Chandler Halderson was no longer talking, but while he was being questioned in another room, his girlfriend Kat was also talking to police. She told them she was sure that Chandler had done nothing to hurt his parents. You don't think he had anything to do with his mom and dad being unheard from? No. I just, no. That'd be crazy. But I just don't see him killing Mr. and Mrs. Halderson. Like, he had SpaceX. Like, why would he jeopardize something he, like, would dream of? You know? Like, there's parents. For Christmas, they got him and his brother matching tool sets. Like, come on. Okay. He cooks dinner for them. They have root beer floats together. They play Mario Kart whenever his parents want to. Two days later, the victim found in the woods was identified. It was Bart Halderson. It just changed everything. Like, that moment changed everything. The autopsy revealed that Bart had been shot twice in the back. Investigators got a search warrant for the Halderson home and found a shell casing. Detective Sims said it appeared that Bart had been killed at home. Um, So I think that... um, it happened in the basement. Um, from what our, you know, evidence and the processing of the scene um, led us to believe um, that the murder happened in the basement of the Halderson home. On July 15, 2021, Chandler Halderson was formally charged with his father's murder. Chandler, middle initial M, last name Halderson, age 23 of Windsor, is now being charged with first degree homicide, hiding a corpse and mutilating a corpse. But a big question remained. Where was Krista? I asked her friend, Dan Croninger, what had been going through his mind during those stressful days. Did you, at that moment, wonder, like, maybe Krista was involved in this, too? It had definitely crossed my mind. I start to wonder, well, why is Chandler lying? Is he covering for himself, or is he covering for perhaps his mother? Is she involved? And this is when technology saved the day. Investigators wanted to know what Chandler had been doing in the days before he reported his parents missing. And as it turned out, someone had been tracking his movements. His girlfriend, Kat. Here's Detective Sims. Chandler had lied to her before and had cheated on her before. And so she, um, you know, would track his location. Detective Sims says that Kat had convinced Chandler that if they were going to continue to date, he would have to let her track his movements using Snapchat. It's the social media app that allows users to send messages and share their locations in real time. Um, And that was an agreement that, yes, you will have your locations on so I can see where you're going. And when Kat gave cops permission to download information from her phone, They were particularly interested in a series of messages dating back to July 1st. They could see where Chandler had gone, too. 
That morning at 7.30 a.m., Chandler had messaged Kat under his screen name, Chazzle Dazzle, and seemed upset. He talked about how things hadn't been going well lately and that he feared his great future was falling apart. The tone of those messages worried Kat so much that two days later, on July 3rd, when she saw that Chandler was not at home as she thought, but 25 miles away, she saved that image to her phone. It was a Snapchat screenshot um, of Chandler, almost nine in the morning, um, out by the Wisconsin River. July 3rd. That was the day after Krista didn't show up for work. So why would Chandler have gone so far from home? Law enforcement throughout Dane County took part in a search of that area. Detective Shunk and Sims later took me there. It was a remote but beautiful wooded area along a flowing river. So where are we exactly? What would you call this area? It's the Wisconsin State Lower Riverway. And how long was he here? 45 minutes, I believe. The detectives had learned that this was a familiar spot for Chandler, a place he loved, his favorite swimming spot. Investigators searched the area carefully for hours and almost gave up until they noticed one place they hadn't looked. Let's go hit one more area, and that was where they ended up discovering the remains. And what exactly did they find there? They ended up finding two legs um, cut into different sections. The remains were that of an adult woman. DNA tests later confirmed it was Krista Halderson. Her cousin Barbie Townsend later told me that no one in the family could quite take in the horror of that discovery and what it meant. You couldn't write this. It just wasn't um, anything that you could possibly come up with in your head. How do you make sense of it? We don't. And that's the hard part. We don't have a why. None of this made sense to anyone who knew Chandler and his family. Why would he kill his parents and try to hide their bodies. What really happened in the Halderson house on the evening of July 1st, 2021? As you will soon learn, investigators discovered that Chandler Halderson had been keeping secrets. Secrets that he may have been willing to kill for. You'll hear all about those secrets in part two of the Snapchat tip-off. I'm Erin Moriarty, 48 Hours. And that's my life of crime. This podcast series is developed by 48 Hours in partnership with CBS News Radio and Paramount. Judy Tigard is 48 Hours executive producer. Megan Marcus is vice president for podcast editorial at Paramount. Production and editing for this season by Caroline Casey, Annie Cronenberg, Danny Levy, Megan Marcus, Kiara Norbitz, and Alan Pang. This episode was also produced by Marcelina Spencer of 48 Hours. And finally, a thank you to all of you, our listeners. We owe it all to you, the millions of 48 Hours fans. Don't forget to join me online. I'm at EF Moriarty on X 
And we're at 48 Hours on X, Facebook, and Instagram. See you soon. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because... Even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.